Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Welcome. Glad you're here today. It's great to see all of you here this morning. And uh, we welcome you and hope God will bless you in a very special way today uh, as we worship the Lord together. Uh, we have some guests with us today and we welcome you especially. Uh, you are very important to us and we're glad that you are here and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together today. Uh, just a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention this morning. Uh, first of all, uh, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets that are on the, the, each row. Uh, we'd like to ask if you would to take that and fill it out and check the appropriate box, pass it down the row so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning. If you could do that, that would certainly help us out a lot. Uh, also, several things that are going on this week I'd like to call to your attention. Uh, the Women's Night Mission Group will be meeting tomorrow uh, at 6.30, and they'll be meeting here at the church. And so if you're a part of that group, or if you would like to be a part of that group, if you're a woman, um, then you can be here tomorrow at 6.30. Uh, also on Wednesday, uh, we are in the midst of our Wednesday Lenten lunches. Uh, we, we have a, a brief service at 12 o'clock each Wednesday during the season of Lent. And, um, and then at 12.30, we have lunch together. And this is kind of a community-wide thing. And uh, it's really great to have the different, uh, different denominations and, and the Christian uh, community of Henderson coming together in this way and worshiping together as we uh, journey on towards the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. Uh, the, this week, the Lenten program will be at First United Methodist Church at, at 12 o'clock. Uh, also, next Sunday... Uh, immediately after the worship service, our children will be going bowling. And so just kind of put that on your calendar if you would like to be a part of that. And one other thing, um, we, we, as you, many of you know, we are in the process of, of doing a, a visioning process. And we met a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we're, we're going to have so, several um, uh, brainstorming groups uh, that we would like to... Uh, to put together for several different specific areas. And I want to announce this so that if you are interested in being a part of one of these groups, if you could let me know, uh, then I would appreciate it. We'll be sure to get you in the right group. Uh, we need people for a group on spiritual development, a group on education, and by that we mean more than Sunday school and, and Bible study and thing like, things like that. We're talking about special needs like uh, a marriage enrichment or a budgeting class, those special kinds of things, and also a group on, uh, to brainstorm on numerical growth. So those are some of the directions that we're headed as a church, and uh, we need to, some people to do some brainstorming. So if you would like to be a part of one of those groups, uh, please let me know, and we'll be sure to get you uh, plugged in to the right place. We're glad that you're here today. It's great to be together with God's people in God's house to worship our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me invite you to stand up, turn around, shake the hands of the people around you, and let's have a, uh, just greet each other in the name of the Lord. I lift your name on high. 
I love to sing your praises. Oh, I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My debt to pay from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. And I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth. To show the way from the earth to the cross, my debt to pay, from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name on high. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross, my debt to pay. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. Let us pray. Lord, we come here today, Lord, to lift your name on high. We praise you, Lord. We love you. We adore you. Lord, we thank you for all the things you have given us. Lord, we ask that you be with those who couldn't be here today. Lord, we thank you for everything that you give us. In Christ's name, amen. We're going to do a, an oldie but goldie.
down children Jerry's mom will get mad at me and she'll have to clean the floor and all that good stuff. All right. We're going to try to do this real quick. Is that good? You have a pretty smile. Dr. Tim, yes, sir? Do you have a question for me? Yeah. Okay. I love going to Walmart. Yeah. Did you hear that, Kelsey and Jay? No way. I love it. Well, I'll tell you what, if uh, Kelsey, can you help me pass out? Uh, is this your mom? Look, she's worried that you're going to tell another story, so she's coming. She's coming so she can hear. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're glad you're here. Now, this is what we're going to do today. Dr. Tim is talking about who am I, and why am I here? Hmm. Okay. Look, as Kelsey, guys, if you don't know, this is my daughter Kelsey. She's going to give you all a piece of paper, and she's going to give you one crayon. And what I want you to do, and if you don't know how to write your name, Kelsey can help you, and Jake can help you, and Michael, is that right? Michael can help, maybe the, some of the smaller ones, okay? But if you want to write your name, and if I would write my name on this card, and I would say, well, who am I? I would say, well, I'm John's wife. Woo, that's a big job. And I'm um, Kelsey and Jake's mother and Jason's mother. And I would say I'm Alice's daughter. And I would say I'm Avery and Max's grandmother. And I would say I'm a lot of people here's friend. And I would say I'm Sherry and Larry's sister. So there's a lot of things that I am, right? Okay. And then also Dr. Tim's going to talk about what we can do to help people. And I could say that... Um, Oh, I took a friend's child to school this week because that friend has cancer. And I could say I read to preschoolers this week. And I could say I help with a fundraiser. But this is what I want you to do. And look, if I wrote a note and put my name on it, I could put it up here. And this is who I am. Okay? And that's what we're going to do with your notes. So while I'm talking, oh, look, is that your name? I love it. I'm, I'm going to get those in just a second and we're going to hang them all up here so then we'll know who you are. Okay, but look at this. Here's a story 
And look at the picture here. You guys see this story? And it's a story about being kind. Hmm. Be kind and loving to each other. It says it may seem easy to be kind to someone who feels good and could do kind things for you too. Hmm, it's really easy when everybody's feeling good, isn't it, to be kind to that person? But what happens if that someone is in bed? Should you be kind to them anyway if they're sick in bed? Should you? Yeah, sure you should. Maybe it says you can share your favorite stuffed animal. Hmm. So if someone's in bed, you could share your favorite stuffed animal to them? Some of your friends may not be able to do all the things that you can do, so you can be helpful. Maggie, do you want to share one way that you can be helpful? Listen to your parents. Beth? Yeah. All right. Who else wants to share a way you can be helpful? Jerry, would you like to share a way you can be helpful? Kaylee? No? Jake? Pardon? Say it louder, Jake. Don't make your parents spend all their money on you. Right, okay. Yes, sir? Um, I was wondering if we could um, go up in the upstairs room. Yes, well, I tell you what, during church, we don't go to the upstairs room, but when we give our money to the church to help, we're going to go back through that door, and we're going to go back there and have children's church. Okay. All right, real quick, let me finish up here because a lot of people like to eat right after church. And if we don't hurry, then they're going to be late. I know. Some of your friends may not be able to do all the things that you can do. So you can be helpful. That's the loving thing to do. And it says, what's one way you can be kind and loving? All right, so I'm going to take your um, names and I'm going to put them on the board. That way we'll know who you are. And remember, God has a plan for you here on earth, and that is to be kind to everyone. All right, Jerry, I love it. Okay, hold on just a second. Yes, go ahead. Do you do anything nice for your friends and your cousin? Sure you do. You're a good cousin. All right, real quick, as I take your names and as you go back to your seat... I want you to pray with me this little prayer. Whoops, sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to, Kelsey's going to get those. Now you guys, when you go back to your seats, I want you to think who you are and what you can do kind for someone today. All right? Let's bow your heads. Dear God, I want to make you happy by doing kind, loving things for my family and my friends. Amen. Okay.
financial analyst training program is so competitive. We have over 8,000 applicants for 10 positions. So, why don't you tell me, in your own words, who exactly is Annie Braddock? Wow, that's, <laughs> that's certainly an easy enough question. Mm -hmm. um, Annie Braddock is a kind, well, I am, um, Braddock? It wasn't exactly a trick question, yet somehow I couldn't formulate a response. Of course, I knew all the basic facts, date of birth, hometown, socioeconomic makeup, but I didn't really know who I was, where I fit in, who I was going to be. I was suddenly terrified I'd never find the answer. Have you ever been asked that question, who are you? Have you ever tried to answer that question, who am I? Uh, often when we have that question presented to us, we give the stats, don't we? I'm married, I'm single, my, I have so many children, I, uh, uh, I name my family, my hobbies, what I do for a living. But does that really answer the question, who am I? Just a little part of who I am. So listen to this passage of scripture from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 10, and try to hear the answer to that question, who am I and why am I here? But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the ages to come, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not the result of works so that no one may boast, for we are what God has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. This is the word of God for God's people. Thanks be to God. He stirred things up wherever he went and challenged those in authority. Why would he do that? It looked like he just gave up about the time he was bringing in the biggest crowds. Why would he do that? He actually let those people kill him. Why would he do that? Some of his followers said he was doing that for us. Why would he do that for us? For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again.
Join me as we pray. Lord, we come to you this day, the first Sunday of our new spring, thankful for the seasons, for the rebirth, and for the Christ that you have given us for our eternal salvation. We ask that you bless these tithes and offerings so that we may continue your work. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.
created for the glory of the Lord that's who you are that's why we are here not too long ago a listener called a disc jockey at a local radio station to ask about an upcoming lunar eclipse and so the disc jockey told the caller that the eclipse would take place at 1:30 in the morning and then the caller snapped at him saying that late why can't they schedule these things earlier so that the kids can enjoy them too? I wonder who at the radio station she thought was in charge of scheduling the eclipse. <clears throat> One mother tells about her precocious six-year-old son uh, on his first day at parochial school. His teacher made the innocent comment that God makes everything to which her son insisted, God does not make everything. Most things are made in China. <laughs> and I suppose there's some truth to that. But, but you know something? Even the most rigid of skeptics has to be taken aback by the wonders of God's universe. I mean, think about it. There's so much beauty and so much wondrous order to this universe of ours. E.K. Harley of Huntington Beach, California tells about visiting a friend in, in Utah. And, and one morning he, they went for a walk up in the mountains and they came upon this irregular outcropping of rock with a small plateau on the top of it. Rounded boulders veined with color and rested among the trees and the the dark green plants thrust their way up through the snow to frame a series of waterfalls. Just absolutely gorgeous. It, it looks as though it has been professionally landscaped, Harley gasped. And his friend replied, it was. And then he pointed up towards the peaks of the mountain and said, the same guy designed the whole thing. Philip Yancey tells about coming across a scene of beauty just a few miles outside of Anchorage, Alaska. He noticed that there was a number of cars pulled off the highway and against the, the slate gray sky, the waters of an ocean inlet had a slight greenish cast to it, interrupted by small whitecaps. But then he realized that these were not whitecaps at all, but whales. A pod of whales feeding no more than 50 feet off of the shore. He, he stood there with the other onlookers for about 40 minutes, listening to the, the rhythmic motion of the sea and following the graceful crescents of surfacing whales. And the crowd was hushed, almost reverent. For just that moment, nothing else mattered. Not dinner not the reservations you had, not the, the, the schedule for the rest of their trip, not life back at home, nothing mattered. They were confronted with a scene of quiet beauty and they felt small. This group of strangers stood together in silence until the whales moved farther off. And, and then says Yancey, they all got back into their cars and resumed their busy ordered lives that suddenly seemed less urgent. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, speaks about the workmanship of God. And God's workmanship is truly breathtaking. In fact, the more you know about God's creation, the more awe-inspiring it is. But listen to this, folks. There is one tiny part of God's creation that is more spectacular than all of the rest, 
And all of the rest is pretty spectacular. It's more spectacular than the the beautiful high mountains and the powerful roaring oceans. It's more spectacular than the countless stars in the heavens or the far-reaching galaxies of the universe. For you see, Paul tells us in verse 10 of today's lesson that we are God's workmanship. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. We are God's workmanship, and we are at the center of God's plan. In Psalms chapter 8, the psalmist exclaims, "When, When I look at your heavens, the work of your hands, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them, yet... You have made them, us, a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands and you have put all things under their feet. That, my friends, answers the question, who are we? Who am I? We are the glorious workmanship of God and everything that is was created for us but there's also more here because you see Paul writes that that we are God's workmanship created in Jesus Christ to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do here in these few verses we have the answer to the question Who are we and why are we here? We are God's workmanship. That's who we are. And we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. That's why we're here. And deep down in our hearts, we know that this is true, don't we? There are activities that we engage in that that give us a, a temporary sense of pleasure. But this pleasure is only fleeting and it's here and then it's gone and It doesn't last for very long. But then then there are other things that we do. When we do something that's really good, when we do something that's really noble, when we do something sacrificial for the sake of someone else or for the sake of Jesus Christ, we have this good feeling from that, and we find that that good feeling lasts forever. And I believe there's a reason for that. And the reason is because of who we are and why we're here. We are truly fulfilling our purpose in life when we are giving ourselves away for the sake of others and for the sake of Jesus Christ. How many of you have ever been to the the Alamo in San Antonio, Texas? Anybody? Yeah, several people have been to the Alamo in San Antonio. If you've ever been there, you you may remember that there are a number of paintings along the walls of the church, paintings of people who died at the Alamo. But near the main entrance, I think it's right there, almost right at the front doors there of the church, there's a painting with this inscription, James Butler Bonham. No picture of him exists. This portrait is of his nephew, Major James Bonham, who greatly resembled his uncle. It is placed here by the family that people may know the appearance of the man who died for freedom. The family did not have a picture of the man whom they regarded as a hero. The best that they could do was a picture of a family member who looked like him. Well, guess what? In the same way, the world does not have an authentic picture of Jesus Christ, except for the picture that they see of him in you and me. For you see, we are God's workmanship, and we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In Stephen Covey's most recent book, everyday greatness, there's a story about a young girl named Hazel Miner who lived on a farm in center North Dakota. 
In March of 1920, 15-year-old Hazel, her 11-year-old brother Emmett, and her sister Murdith were trapped in a monster snowstorm while returning home from school. A spring norther, her mother called it. A massive search was soon underway for these children trapped in the snowstorm, but the weather was so bad that the searchers were not very successful. They could not be very successful uh, as they proceeded in their search. The storm blew drifts of snow above the fence line, which obscured all sense of direction and making progress impossible for the children and their horse. And then suddenly the the sleigh that they were in in tipped over on its side. And in that howling darkness, Hazel realized that it was up to her to keep her siblings safe. In the darkness of that overturned sleigh, Hazel found some blankets and a robe. And and despite her now frozen, crippled hands, she she placed two blankets on the floor. and, and, And following her instructions, Emmett and Murdith lay down and curled tightly together. The snow fell incessantly. And and Hazel roused herself. Emmett, Murdith, she shouted. You mustn't close your eyes. Punch each other. I'll count to a hundred. Make your legs go up and down like you're running. Begin. One, two, three. She, couldn't, she could feel the small limbs moving underneath her as her brothers and sisters tried to move their arms and their legs. She tried to move her own, but she was not all, at all sure that they were actually moving. And next, Hazel ordered, open and close your fingers 100 times in your mittens. And And they tried singing. Let's pray to God to help us, suggested Murdith. And then she began, now I lay me down to sleep. And and Hazel interrupted her and said, no, not that one. (laughs) Let's say our father instead. And on into the endless night, Hazel directed them in exercises and stories and songs and prayers. And And she said to the two children over and over and over again, you mustn't go to sleep. Meanwhile, the temperature dropped to below zero. The winds rose to nearly 60 miles per hour, and the maddening snow just kept falling. The searchers had to give up until daylight. And then at two o'clock the next afternoon, some 25 hours after the children had disappeared, the searchers found something, spotted something out in a field two miles from the from the uh, school. It was the sleigh overturned. And there they found the dead, frozen body of Hazel Minor covering her younger brother and sister who were dazed, partially frozen, but very much alive. Today on the courthouse grounds in the town of Center, North Dakota, these words are engraved on a granite monument. In memory of Hazel Minor, April the 11th, 2004, to March 16th, uh, 1904, I'm sorry, to March 16th, 1920. To the dead, a tribute. To the living, a memory. To posterity, an inspiration. The story of her life and of her tragic death is recorded in the archives of Oliver County. Stranger, read it. My friends, there is much in this world that is shabby and inferior. Indeed, many people are a discredit to the God in whose image we were created. But when we come across a story of such amazing courage and sacrifice and love like the story of Hazel Minor, it reminds us of who we are and why we are here. We are God's workmanship, and we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. But there's one more thing that we need to say today, and and here it is. We gain the power to do these good works by the grace of Jesus Christ. 
Paul tells us that because of God's great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves. It is a gift from God. Folks, we're not called to be do-gooders in order to impress others with our acts of mercy. And we're not called to be do-gooders in some vain effort to try to impress God so that we can win God's affection. It is so much deeper than that. The point is that the grace of Jesus Christ has come into this world and come into our lives. Remember what Paul said there? It is by grace that you have been saved. The grace of Jesus Christ has come into this world and into our lives. And now we are to connect ourselves so closely to him and to the grace that he brought to us that his life is lived out through us. Robert Record and Randy Singer wrote a book called Made to Count, Discovering What to Do with Your Life. And he tells a story about a man who understood his purpose in life. Seems that a new home was being built and nothing was going right on the work site. The boss was frustrated, the men were grouchy, the weather was hot and humid, and to add to the misery of that work site, the construction site's portajohn reeked with odors that made the crew gag. The company that was supposed to take care of this hadn't been heard of, heard from in, in a couple of weeks. But then as they were working and, and trying to get through all of this, a truck rolled down the street with the radio just blaring as loud, as loud as it could go. And the attention of everyone on the work site shifted to that vehicle as it slid to a stop in front of the house. They noticed that it wasn't the, the regular maintenance guy for the Porta John who got out of the truck. Instead, it was a, a big, burly guy with tattoos all over him. That's not him, but that's as good as I could find. Uh, big, burly guy, tattoos all over him. He was singing at the top of his lungs, and he greeted the crew with a contagious grin, grabbed his materials, and headed, actually enthusiastically, into that smelly disaster of a porta john and then just before he stepped in, the, the burly, tattooed man yelled across the yard that the former man had quit and he would be taking over. And then he went in to this four by six foot cubicle. Rumblings began inside the Porta John and, and grew louder and louder as though he were attacking every inch of it. It almost sounded like he was wrestling a tiger in there. The construction crew temporarily suspended their work just to observe the spectacle of what was going on in this porta john The guy seemed to, to stay in there forever, and they couldn't believe that because they couldn't stay in there for hardly a second. And, and every man on the work site wondered how in the world he could stand it. Then after a while, the crew noticed something radically different. For you see, instead of that rancid, terrible odor that was had been emanating from that porta john for so long, something actually pleasant <laughs> caught the air and drifted across the yard. A pleasant odor. And then the good-natured, tattooed man finally emerged with a smile still intact on his face, and he said, hey, the guy taking care of this Sure wasn't doing a very good job. But from here on out, I guarantee that this will be the best that it can possibly be. Because I'm here to serve you. 
And with that, he hopped back into his truck, grinned and waved, turned the radio back on full blast, and began to back out of the driveway. Well, dumbfounded, one man yelled at him and said, Hey, how can you do that? But more importantly, why did you do that? And that's when the guy said, It's simple. You see, I work for the Lord. And I do every task as though I were doing it for God. See you next week. And with a smile... Singing at the top of his lungs, he drove away, leaving all of those construction workers with their jaws hanging on the floor. What these amazed construction workers didn't realize was that they were in the presence of God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And here was a man who was so in touch with the amazing grace of Jesus Christ that he did his good works, not out of a sense of blind duty, but as a joyful opportunity to live out the faith that had become so much a part of who he was. The grace that had become so much a part of who he was. His life had become one of nature's greatest wonders. A man doing a job that nobody else wanted to do and doing it joyfully to the glory of God. Could you do that? Could I? Who are we? We are God's workmanship. And why are we here? We were created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. By the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, may it be so. Amen. We're going to sing number 604, Come All Christians Be Committed. There may be someone here today who needs to make that commitment to Jesus Christ. Maybe you are recognizing the great gift that God has for you, which is the gift of grace. And it is a free gift. It is not something that any of us can earn by our good works, though God has called us to do good works. No, we do those good works in response to the grace that God has given to us. If you've never experienced this grace of God... I hope that you will experience it today by accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord, by asking God to forgive your sins, to establish that relationship with God that you need to have so that you can truly be more than who you are, so that you can be who you are supposed to be, God's workmanship. And so that you can do all that God wants you to do. Fulfilling the purpose of God's kingdom in this world. If God is dealing in your heart in any way, and we invite you to come as we sing together, come all Christians, be committed. Would you come?
Christ has held a mirror to our faces to show us who we are and who we should be. So go in the grace by which you have been saved. Go in the spirit which has made you alive. Go with the assurance of God's mercy upon your lives and go doing the good works that God has put in your hands to do. In the spirit who moves us forward, we pray. Amen.